Well, hello, hello, and welcome to the Sport Report's full-time whistle, where we call time on the day and give you a wrap-up on what's happening in the world of sport. I'm Michael Caruana. It's Monday, the 26th of June, and just having a look back at my predictions from last Friday's show, not too bad, not too bad. Two big upsets in the NRL didn't help me, but I'm happy with my 9 from 13, meaning my tipping percent is at 69.57%, only 0.5% down. Which I'm I'm quite happy with. I'm I'm pretty much sticking even. This weekend will be the real test for me, with every team in the AFL playing and a full weekend's worth of games in the NRL too. So don't be surprised if that percentage goes down. <laughs> in sport today, and speaking of NRL, two of the competition's big name halfbacks look set to finally find a new home. Also, the West Coast Eagles have plummeted to an all-time low. Plus, get ready for quote the biggest fight ever. All that and more on today's edition of the Full-Time Whistle. I just want to start this story off with a I don't know what is genuinely going on with the Dragons at the moment, especially around this Ben Hunt situation. After Friday night's 30-point loss to the Warriors, Hunt was asked by Nine News reporter Paul Gallen if this would be his last game in a Dragons jersey, to which Hunt said... I'm, I'm not too sure yet. I'm going to have a meeting with the club this year with, with the higher-ups and, uh, this week, and now we'll work it out from there. Reports then started doing the rounds over the weekend that the playmaker was set to sign with his former club, the Brisbane Broncos, for the rest of the season before heading down the M1 next year to play with the Gold Coast Titans. Well, that was Hunt's plan, but nothing could go ahead if the Dragons weren't willing to release him. Quite incredibly, what appeared to be an untenable situation early this morning regarding Ben Hunt's future at the Dragons seems to have been, for now at least, solved. The club released a statement just a short time ago. The club listened to Ben's concerns and is committed to working with him throughout the remainder of his playing contract, as both Ben and the club share a common goal of winning football games and build a successful football club. Benny Hunt also then went on to say, I appreciated the open and honest discussion and will continue to work alongside the club and now focus on our game against the Sharks this Thursday night. Well, I I guess he's staying then. For how long remains to be seen, but the Queensland representative will run out for the Red V against the Sharks this Thursday night. It baffles me. This story really baffles me. I'm surprised the, the Dragons have just gone blocked to him and said, no, you're not leaving the club when he doesn't want to be there. Surely you could spend your money elsewhere to a player who would love to represent the Red V. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. But for now, he's staying put. And if you thought all this halfback chat was crazy, then you ain't heard nothing yet. Brooks down the sideline. He's got Gilda. He won't need him. Brooks goes all the way. And Luke Brooks may have just put the Tigers in front. Luke Brooks looks set to swap the western Sydney suburbs for the beautiful beaches of Manly, with the Seagulls set to fork out $2 million over three years, possibly rising to four for the 28-year-old. Brooks is off contract at season's end and has told the Tigers he would not be renewing his contract and is looking for a new challenge. The Cowboys, the Bulldogs and the Dragons were all touted as possible destinations, as well as the Super League over in England, but it looks like the Seagulls came out on top. What does this mean for Manly's current 5'8", Josh Schuster? Nobody knows. He's set to be handed a three-year contract extension, but maybe he'll be moved back into the second row or possibly be relegated to the to a bench utility role. There's no way that the Seagulls aren't starting Luke Brooks after spending $2 million on him. One thing is certain for me, though, is that Luke Brooks is definitely going to benefit tremendously by playing with one of the NRL's greatest halves in the modern game, Daly Cherry Evans. 
West Coast Eagles fans, uh, probably best to skip this story. But, I mean, you all knew it was coming. It's a bloodbath at the SCG. A dark, dark day for the proud West Coast Eagles. The Sydney Swans defeat the Eagles by 100 and 71 points. The AFL's bottom place side has further cemented themselves as the worst team in the comp after losing to the Sydney Swans 205 to 34. This is the first time a side has scored over 200 points since 2011, where Geelong piled on 233 points over the Melbourne Demons, and the first time since 2014 that a side has conceded more than 30 goals. And you'd think that after a performance like that, then the club board would do more than just send a letter to members. Five years ago, West Coast won the AFL Premiership, defeating Collingwood 79-74, with current coach Adam Simpson leading the Eagles to their fourth ever Premiership. But today, the club looks like a former version of themselves and a one-time Premiership winning coach looks completely out of his depth. Yet the club refuses to do anything. In this letter to members, it says that despite them not tolerating performances of that nature, they still want fans to stick by Simpson. I feel like Adam Simpson is unsackable. Either that or he's got some damning images of the board that he's using as blackmail over their heads because I'm shocked he hasn't been moved on. I do agree that a lot of senior players at West Coast have been well below average and that a full strip down and rebuild is what's needed. But sometimes that rebuild starts with sacking the coach. Australia's chances of tasting men's singles Wimbledon glory for the first time since 2002 have taken a step in the right direction, even if the player in question did lose the final of the Queen's Club. World number one, Carlos Alcaraz defeated Aussie Alex Demonor in straight set 6-4-6-4 to claim the Queen's Club title. But the Demon is not too worried about losing the final. After the match, the 24-year-old was quite optimistic. Quote, the positive for the week for me has been my mentality, my mindset, how calm I have been on the court and how I have backed myself at every stage. When I'm in that kind of mindset and attitude, I can beat anyone. Overall, a great week, feeling confident, now on to Wimby. I've never heard anyone call it Wimby before, but you better believe that I'm going to call it Wimby again. <laughs> Demon Orr will benefit from a successful campaign in the Queen's Club, to which he also beat second seed and world number six Holger Rune. This will see him rise to number 16 on the ATP rankings and get the 16th seed at Wimbledon. The Demon will now look to take a few days off before the oldest tennis tournament in the world kicks off July 3rd. Speaking of Wimbledon, and it seems that we are ever so closer to the robots taking over the world... Well, not really, but kinda, all right? Wimbledon are set to use artificial intelligence in their commentary boxes during the championship for the first time ever. Tech Titans IBM will provide AI-generated captions and audio in their highlight reels on the Wimbledon app and website. It will be a generated voice and not a real voice that isn't based on a specific person, said head of IBM Sports Partnerships Kevin Farrar. The BBC have said they will use all human commentary teams for the tournament, but refused to discuss any future plans involving AI. So moral of the story, my job as the host of this sports podcast is not safe at all, and I would just like to take a moment now to um, plead to our future robot overlords to let me keep my job. I'm a great guy, I'm charismatic, and I'm very, very reliable, like a robot, I guess. I don't know. I hope that works. (laughs) 
And lastly, sticking with technology, wow, my segues have been on point today. Get ready for, quote, the biggest fight ever. President of the UFC, Dana White, has admitted both Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg are absolutely dead serious about fighting each other in the octagon. This all started with someone tweeting Elon Musk saying Zuckerberg, the owner of Facebook, Instagram and WhatsApp, is looking at starting another social media platform called Thread, one to rival Musk's very own Twitter. Musk then responded with, I'm sure Earth can't wait to be exclusively under Zuck's thumb with no other option. At least it will be sane, was worried there for a moment, which then incited a reply from a fan saying, Better be careful, Elon Musk. I heard he does jujitsu now. To which Musk then said, I'm up for a cage match if he is lol. <laughs> this then prompted Zuckerberg to reply on his Instagram with a screenshot of the tweet saying, Send me location. I, I I can't believe this is happening. White then steps in, gets in contact with both of them and gets the green light to actually start looking into doing a pay-per-view with both billionaires. This isn't a gimmick fight, said White. This is a fight between two of the most powerful, richest guys in the world. Who will win? Who has seen this before? Nobody. And he's right. I'm not into UFC at all, but I would undoubtedly pay the pay-per-view fee to see these two go at each other. My money is on Zuckerberg too, by the way. I know Musk is a bigger build and I feel could be a bit more, you know, a little bit more psycho than Zuckerberg, but Zuck has jiu-jitsu history, which absolutely works in his favour. If you cast your mind back a couple of months ago, the Facebook founder did win a jiu-jitsu tournament, albeit after having a tantrum to get the match replayed. Regardless, my my money is on Mark. Now we just sit and wait and twiddle our thumbs until the actual fight happens. Wow. And that's it. Your day of sport wrapped right here on the Sport Report's full-time whistle. I'm Michael Caruana. Thank you for listening and I'll chat to you tomorrow.